All right, everybody, welcome to Legitimus Podcast, episode number 10. That's right, we've made it to double digits. Who would have ever thought? <laughs> As your regular uh, lineup here today, we have myself, Mike Miller, Double Bed Axe Company. We have Killer with his true temper perfect Kelly Work shirt on. And we have Roy from the Great South. He's representing Woo. with, we got the Wild Willie, the 5B Axe Company shirt on. I know. And and I myself have an awesome collared uh, business shirt on. Corporate America. Representing corporate blowhards like myself. <laughs> anyway, so it's been a week. We missed last week. Roy was out uh, adventuring in the Southwest, I guess. That's my fault. I do apologize. Keller was uh, probably still moving, and <laughs> I wasn't really doing anything. So let's get up to speed. Roy, let's start with you, bud. What's going on? Oh, I got a lot of shit going on. Um, I'm trying to prepare for this party. I'm kind of going over all of the all of the stuff that I need, and of course, my wife, the the ultimate planner that she is, she goes, "You better make a list. You you, you need to make a list of everything that you need to do and whatever." So here here's my list. I need to buy mulch. I need to power wash the house and the shop. And I need <laughs> to get a portable toilet, which I already uh, I uh, I ordered one yesterday. I need to get hamburgers. I need to get brats. I need to get chicken. I need to get beer. I need to get chips. I need to get ice, a cooler. I need to mow the yard. I need to clean the shop. I need to get my vices back from the powder coater, which they're done. Um, and if all that goes well, I would like to wash the truck just to have it clean so people can take a look at it because it looks really dirty right now. And there we go. That's what I need to do. Is there anything that you're not doing? Um, I'm not fucking around. There you go. <laughs> uh, and on top of that, I'm trying to work on orders. Uh, I just sold two axes this week. Um, that little fire hatchet is gone. Uh, someone, whenever I sent that text to you guys, someone actually ordered my Plum National Boy Scout from my website. And then as soon as they ordered it, they freaking canceled the order. So I don't know what the hell that was about. And then I just shipped that, um, true temper that Kelly works, uh, the Flint Edge out, uh, that Dayton pattern. It turned out freaking awesome. So I was at the post office yesterday packaging up stuff and shipping out. So that's what's going on with me. I got a lot of shit going on, and I'm going to be out this weekend down in freaking North Carolina. So, nice. Yeah. What about you, what? Keller? What's been going on? I've I've missed you. <laughs> so I just um, been doing housework, really. I've been on vacation this week, so I'm trying to get as much done in a week as possible, which isn't much. Is there's just not enough time in the day. But I did get my floor finished and we'll call it the axe room because that's where my biggest display of axes is going to be. And I needed to get the floor finished so I could get that set up. And then uh, I got gravel yesterday, so now I got to deal with that. And just trying to get stuff done. While I'm on vacation, and then I'm stupid busy with leather right now too. So, which is a good thing, but it it seems like just all came at once. Yeah. 
Looks like you've also been busy uh, growing that beard out. Hey, oh. <laughs> My job requires me to shave for some stupid reason. So when I'm on vacation, I don't worry about it. Yeah. Looking like a man. They're afraid, uh, they're afraid they might, the, the, I'm a mechanic, right? They're afraid that, and I work night shift in a little building all by myself. Um, they're afraid the public might see me with a beard. God forbid you have a beard. God forbid you have a beard. I can't even believe they can get away with it in today's time. It just blows my mind. Really? Well, we wouldn't even get into tattoo policies. You would never work there. They've got like a, a strict no tattoo policy or you can't be yeah, visible or anything? They, would, they wouldn't even interview you. Really? Yep. And they get away with that. What if I had long sleeves on and I wore like Michael Jackson gloves? Uh, <laughs> you might get, it might take you then. But then you would never be able to wear a short sleeve ever. Yeah, fuck all that. What's what? Does Walmart have a tattoo policy, Miller? No. No, you can do whatever you want. They used to uh, have one where if you had it, let me see how this went. Back in the day, they had one where it was, it you could have one, but it tried to be as non-visible as possible. Yeah. And that basically immediately cut our workforce in half, if not more. Jeez. And so now it's sort of do whatever you want. Yeah. So if you if you come in tomorrow and you got a big old neck tattoo, they'd be like, "Well, okay, but whatever." Yeah, I mean, I I got some, you know, there's people that uh, you know have sleeves, so. Really? Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I want to disclose too because people are going to say, "Well, you can't have a beard because you got to wear a respirator, and that's safety concern." I do not have a respirator. They will not provide me with a respirator because they would have the respirator certify me. <laughs> can't even do it for a safety concern because they don't. They don't do. They don't give us respirators. Are, do you do you need a respirator for what you're doing? I mean, I, I'm assuming I'm assuming when I'm like you're grinding or something. When you're grinding or if you're spraying undercoating, you, you know you're breathing that shit in. Your lungs are filtering it, I guess. Because they. <laughs> Your lungs are filtering it. <laughs> we paint all the time, you know. Oh. No respirator for that. Just straight up oh, breathe. I, I didn't realize you painted. Well, huh. yeah, it's what you do, I guess. If you want to make decent money as a mechanic, you got to go work for a place like this with all these strict rules. God forbid the dealerships will pay you what you're worth. Yeah. Dealerships, um, they don't, they don't seem to have, well, the dealerships that I've been to, I'm not, this is just a generalization. I've seen people with beards and tattoos at dealerships. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I can do whatever I want. I can go deep for years and years and years. It's just so weird. I wonder, I wonder why they're that way. Whatever. It's a, it's a, it's all about image. You're all about image, baby. Yeah. Get me. So yeah, I don't have uh, I don't have any new exciting purchases other than about that flying fox. How do you like it? 
it's all right. I mean, nice little hatchet. Yeah. It swings nice. I used it out here to chop some wood up for making a fire and stuff. It's got a good feel to it. Um, Did you you pick one up, Miller? The flying fox? Is that what we're talking about? I did not. No. I did not. I did just buy that. Did you guys see that stall I bought from uh, James? What'd you buy from James? That big crosscut saw. No, I didn't see that. Did you post it on Instagram? I sent you guys a text. It what? Included, I, I sent you guys a text on like my score today, and it included. It might have included some axes along the middle. <laughs> <laughs> I saw that, but I don't remember the saw in there. So it's a big. Oh, I see it. It's in a big box. Yeah, that, I believe that's the original shipping crate. Whoa. That saw is brand spanking new. And I believe that's the original shipping crate. It's a Simmons. Yeah. Dude, that's badass. Seven foot cross cut saw. Good grief. Yeah. Did you pick these, these axes up to it? That looks like a, is that either a craftsman or it's a, uh, cedar pattern? I can't tell. Yeah, I grabbed those axes, too. <laughs> That's a John Deere axe you got also? The paper yeah, label John, on there? John Deere boys axe. Pretty sweet, eh? Yeah. Plus, you got this True Temper wood slasher. What the hell, man? Miller, Roy's not even paying attention to our group text. Dude, I was on vacation. Those are actually my axes that I purchased off of a Ohioan that then delivered them to Killer, who will then deliver them to Kentucky, who will oh, then give them to me. Fuck's yeah. sake. Golly. But I sent it as if I I just purchased it. Oh, God. Give Miller a hard time. <clears throat> so is that a cedar pattern, or is that that craftsman weird-looking little hatchet, Miller? The one in the photo of his that we're talking about? Yeah, I can't yeah. tell what. So what that is? That is a that is a cedar pattern with its original handle, uh-huh. and it is stamped on it Beaver Falls, Pennsylvania, which is just south of me and in between me and Pittsburgh. And I, never... I believe that that is made by the old Mac Axe Factory. That. Um, there's an interesting story that goes along with that, but basically the, the short of it, Winchester bought them out in 1930 or 31 and basically moved all their stuff up to the northeast there to continue operation. And they were one of the axe companies that was around, got absorbed, or they joined the American axe, uh, basically then left that, got bought by Winchester, and... Um, Obviously, a local axe factory to me, you know, just uh, 20 right. minutes, 20, 25 minutes down the road. And uh, that's why I wanted to have that. So it's a very, very unique piece of history, plum then, or plus then the axe pattern itself and the original handle. The handle is stamped Beaver Falls as well. It's got a weird-looking handle on it, man. Like, the, the yeah. bottom of it's just weird. Yeah, they call it, what do they call it, a scroll, scroll knob? They call it a couple different things. It depends on the old timer that you talk to. Some of them will just call it a knob. Some of them call it that scroll knob. Uh, I'll have to get my hands on it to see. 
if that was actually made that way or if that was uh, someone actually made that by hand and stamped it later somehow. I don't know. We'll have to we'll have to take a look at it, see what's up. I've only seen a couple of those, and it does look like an original, but, I mean, I'm based off of a couple that I've seen. It's weird. I actually have a pattern for one of those um, that I got with that candle-making jig. I don't like the bottom of it. I love I love the lines until it gets to the very bottom. It yeah. doesn't look like it would hold your left hand very well at all, like it would just slip out. There's no swell. It's very weird. It is weird. I wonder if they tried that to save on wood. I don't know. Weird. You should post a picture of that, that axe for the Instagram viewers out there, Miller, because it's really cool. It looks like it's almost octagonal also. Am I correct in that? Octagonal. Octagonal, as <laughs> as dummy heads say. <laughs> Am I correct or not? I believe it is. Uh, Keller would know. What is it, Keller? I honestly don't remember. Uh, Jeez, Louise. Go get it. I know it's in your bedroom. <laughs> yeah, I can tell with that that crook, that crooked dick handle. <laughs> oh, here we go. Now we're on a tour of Chris Killinger's house. In the stop, which is beautiful, anyway. By the way, excuse me. Me house. Yeah, it's beautiful. You guys want to see the floor while we're doing this? Look at you see it. Yeah. Looks all got, nice and blurry. I got the axe uh, um, punch all set up, but I don't know where the keys are. <laughs> Jesus. <clears throat> I'll find them eventually. I don't know. I can't remember. I put them somewhere where I wouldn't get, right? Yeah, exactly. So as soon as I remember where that is, So for the listeners out there, Chris Killinger is walking through his house, through the laundry room. Now it looks like he's under his deck, and he's heading out to the shop. Picking up some damn squirrels. You get like an acre of freaking fencing or a decking and everything around your house, dude. It's awesome. It's huge. Lots of places to sit. Yeah. We're in the shop. Yep. You get that little choir whenever you mm-hmm. turn the light. Okay. Here we okay. go. It is, in fact, it is, in fact, octagonal. <laughs> it does say Beaver Falls, PA, right on the handle. Really? That's original. Is it blurry? Yeah, it's all fucked up. We believe you. And James Nish, James Nish found that? Yeah. Yeah. Jeez. Yeah, that's a cedar. I'll tell you what, man. It feels good. I, I this bad boy. Yeah, your hand would flip right off that. Yeah. I'm, I don't, 
I mean, it looks like a little chunk has been popped out here. Mm-hmm. How pronounced that was. If I had that pattern laying right here, I'd show you what it looks like. That's a cool little piece, Miller. Congratulations. How many cedars do you think you have now? Probably somewhere around one. Uh, let's see. I got a Winchester. I got a Plum. I got a Flint Edge. I got that one. What's that? Four. Uh, there's a couple other ones. Probably six, seven, somewhere in that area. Six, I think I'm going to say. Maybe seven. Dang. Warren Cedar. Uh, I'm trying to think who else. For the record, most people would kill to have one. Just oh no, I got I got two Flint edges. That's right, I got two Flint edges. Winchester, Warren. What's that one? Beaver Falls. Beaver Falls. Uh, yeah, six or seven. I don't know. I will have to sort through. See, I have a Warren Sauger. It's a cedar, but it's a hatchet. Really? Yeah, it's. They didn't call it a cedar. It had its own. I forget. It's in the catalog, but it it looks like a cedar. It's a little little guy. It's real thick. It's real fat. Um, that's a pretty interesting piece. Plus, it's the only Warren hatchet like that that I've ever seen. Uh, it's not a true cedar, but a lot of guys call it a cedar. So, are you are you familiar with that craftsman that I'm talking about? It looks like a cedar, but it's not, and it's yeah. a hatchet size. Like, yeah. what the hell is that pattern? I, I, I can't even describe it other than it looks most like a cedar, but it's not. Yeah, it's like a, you know, a, a bad offspring or something that maybe craftsman or man was trying to come up with. It's sort of a, like a combo between like a rockaway and a cedar. Yeah. It, no one else that I know of actually made that. That was sort of like a craftsman special. So it was sort of like a... I don't know. It, it is really weird. It's sort of like a love child between, say, like a, a Hudson Bay and a cedar where it's, you know, sort of skinny in the back and then flares out. It doesn't really make a lot of sense. You don't see that many of them. Uh, but I don't know if it has an actual, like, specific name. I've never – I've just always identified that as, as a craftsman pattern. That's that's not right. So don't everybody wig out or anything like that. I just always called it that craftsman pattern because you never saw it anywhere else. It was its own – was his own thing so have you ever yeah. seen it in a catalog or anything oh yeah they're in the catalogs i have one of them somewhere around here somewhere but it doesn't i mean is it does it just specify like a, a model number or something or uh i forget i'll have to dig through the catalogs and find it there it's in um is it in one of the bingham's catalogs that they were selling it i'll have to dig through and find it it's in one of those like uh hardware catalogs that they were selling it Interesting. We lost Chris Killinger. It, it says that he's on pause. He's <laughs> probably out walking around in the woods with that thing on his neck. Like a, it looks like a futuristic criminal. <laughs> What's something that, in a microphone. Something in like Total Recall or something like that is. If he, oh God! If he walks past the, per, the perimeter, his head's going to explode. <laughs> Maybe that's what happened to him. There he is. What happened? There he's back. I have my phone on on do not disturb. The the phone rang and kicked me out of Skype. Really? 
Yeah, instead of shooting it to the voicemail. But the good news is, for uh, some of you guys, is that was my handle guy. He's <laughs> <laughs> calling to tell me he's got some French curves in. So uh, if you guys are seen in for French curves, be prepared. Dang. Are you going to bring him down to my place? What the hell? He just got kicked off again. I know. That was me. I called him. (laughs) (laughs) For for the record, all you guys listening out there, we don't know what the fuck we're doing. (laughs) Man, I wanted to see if he learned his lesson and somehow fixed that, and I guess he didn't. He just rolling with it. There's no other way. I have my phone on Do Not Disturb. Like, I don't know how to do that. (laughs) Miller, you ass. That's me. <laughs> hey, guys. Uh, this is the price you pay if you want to live in the middle of nowhere. Out in the country. This is the things you have to do with no internet. I'd pay that price. It's worth it. So, let's, uh, I, I see you're fumbling around with something back there, Miller. What do you want to? I saw you posted a picture yesterday on Instagram. You want to talk about those? Yeah, so check these out. These were some new arrivals that just came. So this obviously is one of the smaller fire axes. Some people call it the boys' fire axe, if you guys can see that. Now, you're not going to be able to see it because I don't have my lights on here. Hold on. But this is a Warren fire axe. And what's interesting about this is that it has... The round Warren stamp on it, mm-hmm. and it's upside down to the really? axe. If you can see that, that's oh, so, I can see it. Yeah. So it's sort of weird that it's upside down. That what we would normally be used to with the axe head itself. So that was interesting. And then there is this beveled bluegrass. Uh oh. You're talking to me. With an awesome, awesome stamp on this. Very deep, very easy to read. And what's very interesting about this, it's off center. Yeah, it is. A little it's low. Off, yeah, it's off kilter and to the side there a little bit, which I've never seen that before. So I don't know if this was one that made it out that shouldn't have made it out. You got past quality control, or else maybe they just didn't care. And they're like, all right, whatever. But it is ever so slightly off. And so I like that just because of the fact that it was off. That you don't yeah. normally see those. And then we had this guy, which I was really excited about this. So this is a little broad hatchet with the original gold paint on there. Yeah. But it's a PEX, P-E-C-K-S. One of the yeah. old, old, old manufacturers from up in, I believe it's Cohoes, if I'm saying that right, Cohoes in New York. Where it's all... They're all blurry. Where they had uh, a lot of the old original axe manufacturers were up in that area. And I only ever had one other PEX. Obviously not in that kind of condition there. So that was really cool. And then uh, the last one out of all these, there's a couple Kelly Perfects uh, jerseys with the bevels. There's a Sager or a Sager, however you guys want to call it, jersey, which are very hard to find, at least for me. Yeah. There's this uh, Black Chief 
which uh, I'm sure some guys saw this. This was an eBay. That's the Black Chief from Cali. Ah, that, that's nice. Very, very good condition. So I had to have that guy. And then, uh, what's this guy? Ward Special? Yeah, that is Ward That was a Ward Special with a double oval. What? That's so, awesome. There was that guy, which I didn't have. Uh, you had a Vaughn Cruiser. You had that original Kelly Perfect. Now, this is what I love about axes, right? So you got the Kelly Perfect. Okay. This is original. You got the blue bevels. It's oh so pretty. Look at it. Oh, everybody loves it. You oh got my the, God. You got the Kelly Perfect handle. Top quality, right? Look at the grain on that. Completely yep. perpendicular. Completely sideways, so people are going to lose their shit whenever they see that. But And, and, and it's got heartwood and sapwood in it. Oh, it's the handle. And it's, it's a mix of heart and sap. Yeah, the yeah. handle itself is complete shit if you look at it. But Check this all just, the boxes on no. Yeah, so that just goes to show you the, the de-evolution, or what adjective that you want to put in there, about the axe industry whenever that was made, which is probably the, I'm going to say, like, Probably mid '60s. Uh, I thought maybe at first it was a Barco Kelly Perfect, but it's not. Uh huh. And it's complete shit according to all the standards that we have, right? I mean, the axe head itself is in great shape. It's never been used. It's never seen wood. It still has the original bluing. But the handle, like they must have just been like, whatever. Like we're not selling these. Just put some hand, you know, get whatever you can, put a handle in it, and call it good. So that was interesting. And then the favorite one. They came in. Is this Collins Dayton? This is just a Dayton. Hey, hey, try try turning your blurry background thing off. It's just jacking your images all up. Do I have it on blur background? Yeah. I'm gonna shut that off. All right, I think it's better <laughs> now. Now let's see the head. Ah, it's still all fucked up. Put Anyways. it right in front of your face. Anyways. <laughs> God. So Mike this Miller. is this is just a Collins, just a Dayton has the Collins with the square around it. Nothing uh, particular about it. But on the back of it, it is stamped in there, obviously after production, and it says mess section. M e s s s e c t i o n. So I don't know exactly the story behind this, but obviously it has a story. So I don't know if that's military related, if that's company related. Um, why do you need an axe for the mess section? I don't know. But I got to out. Yeah, I've never seen that. Where'd you pick that thing up? That was on eBay. Dirt cheap. Jeez. Because nobody wanted to call and let's see, can you see anything better now? No. No. Uh, yeah. Yeah. No. Yes. Yes. No. <laughs> wait. Stop. Wait. Wait. A little bit. A little bit more. Oh, I see it now. Yeah. Much better. That is much better. So that was just an interesting piece that um, I got to dig into. I got to figure out what that's all about. And I'm sure I'll get some help from the audience out there. They're usually very, very good as uh, giving me some help and tidbits and stuff like that. So we'll see how that all goes. Jeez. Oh, and then there's the handle roll, too, which I'm sure that you guys saw. I did see it. So that's this thing. And these are salesman sample 
handles that um, are all intact. Is that the one that was been floating around on eBay for like last year or so? No, sir. That's what everybody else thought too. Yeah. You get these little handles. Yeah. Yeah, with the uh, the paper label on there, Sierra AAW OP Link Handle Company. So these would have been no samples that the uh, salesman had to be able to go out there and sell those to various companies. So there's all kinds of different handles in there: axe handles, hammer handles, mm-hmm. some hatchets. Uh, you got some pick handles in there, some sledge handles. So pretty neat. My uh. My local hardware store owner, he's got one of those. He brought it over a few months ago. They're, they're, it's, it's pretty freaking awesome. Yeah, pretty freaking awesome. Oh, and then there's this. God, it's just coming out of the woodwork. Oh, and then there's this, and then there's this. Well, you know, whenever this? whenever you're not around to keep me busy for a podcast, then I my fingers. <laughs> Shit. My fingers get to clicking on stuff, and I gotta find. So what this is? <laughs> God. This is the Gray and Dudley Hardware Company, and this is a calendar with an axe um, marketing piece, and the calendar is dated 1899. Good God! So, take a look at this. I'll post pictures of this guy. So it's the Gray and Dudley Hardware Company, Nashville, Tennessee. And then this clip, thing. Just say Clipper on it? What did it say? It says the Clipper Solid Steel, Nashville, Tennessee. And then this thing opens up. Dang. That's super cool. It has a little story in there. It has all the guys from the hardware store in there. Um, very, very unique piece of history. It says the uh, one of our... One of our representatives on the opposite page will take the pleasure in visiting you in a short time with a complete line of samples of chains, hams, curry combs, brushes, cutlery, saddlery, and other spring goods. Our prices, as usual, will be extremely low and will justify you in placing a large order. Thank you very much <laughs> for your kind patronage during the past and wishing you a happy and prosperous year in 1899. We are your friends. And then down, down below it says the largest stock of hardware in the South, which is interesting. So. Does it also say, give me all your dollars? <laughs> because that's what it's saying. Basically what it says, but a uh, very unique piece of history. You don't see that stuff. I'll put that with the Man Edge calendar piece that I have from when's that? That one's from 1913. I remember right. So. Very, very unique. That is super cool. I don't know how you find this shit, Miller. It probably finds you. Some of it does. Good God. Um, so I. Go ahead. I got a few pieces. Uh, I posted up yesterday. Um, so Chris Cash from Mount Phillip Metalworks invited me to. It's called SOFA. I think it's Southern Ohio Forge and Anvil. I believe that's what the acronym is. If I'm wrong, I'm a dummy, but whatever. Um, so he invited me to it, and a couple of other guys hit me up before then. Hey, are you going to SOFA? And I was like, I don't I don't know what that is. 
and I'm busy. But whenever Chris Cash told me, I was like, I should look into that. And um, I did, and it was awesome. So if you guys are into anvils or blacksmithing or anything, uh, I would check that out. It's an annual event in Troy, Ohio. It was only about two hours away from me, hour and a half or what? Yeah, like not two, an hour, like fuck's sake, two hours away from me. Um, you okay, bro? No, I'm not. I'm rattling. Um, so there were lots and lots of blacksmith stuff and a few axes, and I was able to get a handful. Um, there was this dude. Um, he was so fucking tough to negotiate with. He had. I, I was trying to buy a package deal because he had a, a Hudson, a, a legitimate Hudson Bay U.S. issue um, head. Then he had just a, the standard Collins Hudson Bay. Then he had a Collins Boy Scout. It said official Scout Act. You don't see those very often. Um, and he had several. Tommy hatchets. He had one uh, True Temper tomahawk, and he had a couple of those um, U.S. man issued um, heads, little hatchet heads. One was stamped, I think, 1931, and one was stamped like 1945 or something like that. And there were a few other miscellaneous. I had about eight or nine pieces in there, and I was trying to deal with this dude. And he just would not fucking come off of these prices. And do you know why he wouldn't come off of them? Because he put handles in them. I don't give a fuck about those handles. And I think I insulted him because I was like, dude, I'm gonna, I'm literally gonna take every one of these heads and cut the handle off. And he's like, oh my god, I, 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 I just can't let them go. You're just gonna ruin the handles. I was like, there's nothing special about these handles. Two of the handles were just total freaking junk. One of them might have been original on the Tommy, and he wanted he wanted fifty dollars for this freaking just a normal Tommy hatchet, um, Tommy axe, because of the octagonal freaking handle on there. So yeah. I, I I started off with eight or nine pieces, and I only ended up buying three of them off of them. I got the two Hudson Bays, and I got oh, and then no I got. Yeah, I got three pieces. And then a, a Kelly Wood Slasher. It says Kelly Works Wood Slasher. It's a Dayton pattern. It doesn't have a paper label. It's actually stamped in there. So you don't see that very often either. Normally the Wood Slasher came later on with just the, the paper label on there. So it's kind of interesting. But, yeah, those were the only three pieces that I was able to, to get that guy to move on at a reasonable price. And even then it was kind of expensive because I guess someone told him that Hudson Bay's are nice. I don't fucking know. I mean, and they are the, the, the legitimate U S issue one. It's super freaking cool. I think this is like the third one that I've owned. And for those guys listening, especially Corey from what is it? Axe and such. Yeah. It's not the seven point crown. It's just the five point. Remember whenever he showed up at that Hudson Bay in New York, do you guys remember? You, you look like you're drawing fucking blanks. Who's that? Corey from Axe and Such. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He had the one, remember? Because it, it, I, I was going to ask you how many points were on the crown, the one that you saw. 
Yeah, like he, he gets out of the car. He's like, yeah, I got a few axes. And he literally has like fucking five-gallon buckets full of freaking heads. And he's like, what do you think about this one? And it's the exact head that I'm talking about, but it had the seven-point crown. I was like, hey, you want to sell that? And he was like, eh, I don't, really, I don't really think so. <laughs> so mine's just the normal one, and it kind of sucks. This one, this particular one, a few letters of the word legitimus have just been washed out. I think it was just a weak stamp, um, but it's all there. It's good. But the big purchase of that trip was from uh, um, Chris Cash's buddy and now my friend, Phil. He sell, he's a big seller on eBay. He hit me up a few weeks, maybe a month and a half, two months ago. He had a Collins Legitimus Seagrave pattern that he said that he was going to sell me. But, you know, just the it just went cold for a little bit. And as soon as I walked there, he was like, hey, you want to buy that Seagrave? And uh, I was like, yeah, of course I do. And he threw out a number, and I was like, no, 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 no. That's way too much. You're going to have to do better on that. And he was like, well, do you want this uh, Sager 1926 reversible pattern double bit? And I was like, yes, I do. And I want this other one that's stamped 1946. So I did those those two plus the Seagrave for a lot of money. So now <laughs> I finally have one. <laughs> it was a lot of money, but whatever. I've got a I've got a customer lined up, and as soon as I posted that picture, I had lots of messages. Hey, you want to you want to sell that Seagrave? So I got several people kind of already lined up on that thing, and it, some guy hit me up. Last night, he said, uh, I did, I did a, I did a fire axe for a guy at, uh, Blade Show. He, he brought me his, uh, and he sent that picture to one of his buddies who's a LA firefighter. And he said he wants to put this legitimus seagrave to work. So that would be really, really cool to actually put it back into service. We'll see who it goes to. A lot of guys like that, uh, <clears throat> They dig those Seagrave patterns for whatever reason, the Collins. A lot of them like it. It's super cool, and it's got a, it's got such a shallow bottom edge on it. It looks like a freaking Kentucky pattern in my mind. Like, if you just cut the pick off, that's a Kentucky jersey all day long. And it's a five, it's got five stamped, uh, on the bottom side right by the eye. So it's not a big, big fire axe, but it's, it's super freaking cool. And someone did put the red paint on there, and I could probably take it off, but they actually did a really good job. So, I don't know. It's just going to be up to who wants it. I mean, I could easily take off the paint, um, but we'll see. We'll see. It's going to be an expensive axe. I mean, just the head alone are are very valuable. I mean, the an unmarked Seagrave. Hundreds and hundreds of dollars, a legitimous hundreds and hundreds more dollars. They're expensive. I mean, just straight up, they're expensive. They're like Black Raven fucking expensive in the fire axe community. Would you agree? They're sought after. Do you know the story behind Seagrave and why they're called Seagrave and that whole thing? Um, there was, I know that Legitimus made one specifically for the Seagrave Either the the Seagrave uh, uh, 
uh, shit, I'm drawing a fucking blank. Fill in the gaps, Miller. Fire department? Uh, Fire department. God dang. Yeah, it's a secret. <laughs> I was thinking secret company. <laughs> Jesus, I'm an idiot. Yeah, so supposedly they had the contract with them and made those axes. And I believe, I don't even know the full story behind it because I, I don't really get into fire axes that much. I had to sort of push them off to the side because I didn't want to get into a whole other rabbit hole of axes. But if I remember right, they're actually down south, if I remember right. They're not in the north. Like, I originally thought that they were in the northeast because that's where Collins is, but I don't believe so. I believe they're in the south. I haven't taken the time to look that up. Um, But they made that, and it was sort of like their own pattern. Like, they had that for their department or the, the particular trucks, things like that. So that's why you get a lot of fire guys that collect fire related memorabilia. They love that sea gray pattern as well. And then you get the ax guys that love the sea gray pattern because it's cool and you don't see that and no one else made it. So you get a couple different avenues of collectors and memorabilia guys are all intersecting. And that's one of the reasons why that is a very sought after pattern. All right, you two talk amongst yourselves. I got to take Joey out. Sorry, he's flipping out. I don't want to talk to Killer. <laughs> it's torture, I know. Yeah, don't blame you, Killer. What's the uh, the update there? So I see with the new flying fabulous fox. I see the green sheets have arrived. So what's that all about? The what now? Oh, the, the flying. Oh yeah, so I just did. I did one green sheath for myself. But are yep. you making are you making those other ones then with like the belt holster, blah blah blah? Yeah. So I what I did was, um, so the flying fox is not a very expensive axe, right? It's like what is it, fifty nine dollars, something like that. Somewhere right around there, forty nine or fifty nine. I can't remember. I think it's forty nine, but don't don't hold me to that. Okay, so it's it's in the fifty dollars, <clears throat> excuse me, price range. In a so my mind goes to right away is like, all right, well these they're shipping these without sheath, right? There's no sheath for this. It's cool. So that's that's part of the reason why I ordered one. I was like, let me see what I can do. I want to see if I can come up with an economical sheath option. So I got the flying fox. I went down the Weaver leather. I picked up this stuff called. Um, water buffalo veg tan and it's like a eight eight nine ounce somewhere around their thickness um leather that's a veg tan but it's somewhat flexible because of what it is it's, it's water buffalo it's not cow and the price pricing on this stuff is uh it's almost half of what like english bridal would cost which is what i usually use for everything else so i put everything together i i came up with a uh, a mask and a belt hanger for 35 dollars shipping so put that in perspective if i were to a regular good grief if i was to make a regular sheath like out of English Bridal or my green, just the sheath alone would be $36. Then the belt hanger would be another 25 So you can see the savings. 
Um, he's the loudest person on the planet. Me? Yeah, when you walk away from your computer, you should just put your microphone on mute. Oh, whoops, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I came up with that quick little little promo. I only ran it for a couple days. Um, so if you didn't get one, sorry. Wait till I run it again. I can't do one-off stuff. Like, I don't know if people don't understand this. Um, if I go out in the shop and I make one item for $35, I'm wasting my time. Like, I could go do something else. I mean, $35 minus my, my cost of materials is not a lot of money. Like, I spent more than that on beer last night. So... <laughs> People need to understand if I if I'm gonna do something like that, I'm gonna make several, and I'm gonna offer those several for sale. If you don't get in on that, I'm sorry. You'll have to wait till next time. I'm not gonna make a one off. And, and I only say that because I get a lot of people who I don't get paid till Friday. Can you hold one for me? No, I don't have a layaway program. Oh, well, I'll order one Friday. Well, no, what you don't understand is I'm sold out. Can't you just make another one? Um, yeah, later when I'm, in, when I have time to make 10 and make it worth my, my time. Um, I'm not a one-off guy. I do a lot of wholesale work and, um, that's kind of how I, I do the, the leather stuff too. I may not have a wholesale buyer, but if I'm going to, if I'm going to sell a product like that, rest assured I'll have, you know, five to 10 of them. So. Not gonna do one at a time. So yeah, the green one was just for me. I I just popped one out of green. It looked beautiful, by the way. Looked awesome. All right, not to beat a dead horse here, but the Seagrave Fire Apparatus LLC is the longest running fire apparatus manufacturer in America that specializes in pumper and rescue units as well as aerial towers. In addition to manufacturing new equipment, they refurbish, repair, and upgrade older, older Seagrave apparatus, including the National Fire Protection Association updates to equipment. So I have seen that Seagrave pattern um, where it's actually stamped, made for Seagrave fire. I have seen that. Have you seen that, Miller? I've seen that, yeah, now. Um, that does make sense then with what you're talking about. So if they're more company related than actual like department related, um, correct. That would make sense then with those because I think they were actually in like the fire truck sort of mm-hmm. industry then too. So then those axes were found on those trucks. If I remember right, again I might be off on that, which I probably am. So that would make sense. Uh, then they're obviously being popular and sought after again from people that are in the the fire side of the collection and memorabilia versus then the axe guys as well. So sure. I could see that. Yeah. You know, it's, you know, this is one of those little rabbit holes that a lot of us go down. Um, there, there are just so many different avenues to that pique people's interest. And I'm not into fire axes very much. I mean, I do them, I sell them, but as a collector, no, not really. So there's just, there's so many things out there that you don't 
know or just you I mean you just can't commit to knowing everything. So this is just one of those things like, yeah, I know about the Seagrave. I know it's a desirable pattern. I don't know the history of it, but we just learned a little bit today. So thank you, Wikipedia. And I believe that they make that they make that same pattern and it doesn't say Seagrave on it. And that is still intended for Seagrave, but it doesn't have their name on it. If I remember right, and again, that might be wrong. Well, so everyone you, just go ahead. Sorry. Well, well, then you get a different differentiation between the the Seagrave marked ones and the non Seagrave marked, because I believe I've seen them out there on the interweb where guys are trying to say that they're Seagrave, and I guess technically they might be, but there's they're not because it doesn't actually have the Seagrave name on it which obviously would make a difference for those guys that are out there looking for those. Yeah, I, like I said, I have seen those heads specifically stamped with Seagrave. Now, just as a generalization, everyone calls this Jersey-style fire axe a Seagrave. I mean, it's just a generic name for it, so Correct. whatever. That, that's what we live in, so that's reality. Anyway, there we go. Oh, and since we're talking about that again, I would like to say a big thanks to Andrew Alexander from Blacksmith Tools from being, for being awesome. Uh, I got to meet him this past that, that weekend at SOFA. Super nice guy, super cool, and everything that you would expect from him is spot on. Very classy guy. It was nice to meet him and Chris Cash and Phil. Just hang out with those boys. I mean, that's what it's really all about, just hanging out, making connections, and you know, just shooting the shit. It was fun. I, I, more than anything, it was just fucking fun. Silence. <laughs> so, so here's an interesting story. If we want to talk a little bit about axe history, totally changing gears here. So I found, um, I was out in the garage and I have this older iPad that I've had now for probably somewhere in the neighborhood of five, six, seven years. I don't know exactly when. Um, Opened it up, was going through some stuff. I didn't really have anything on there. Like I said, it's old. doesn't really work that well. I was going down through and looking at some of the contacts. Well, here, lo and behold, I have the contact for the last CEO slash operator of Managed Tool Company. How the fuck do you have that? Well, that's, that's a long story. I'll get into that some other time. But so I contact him, and we are going to talk next week and I'm it's like Christmas in October so I'm going to see just how to properly handle that I'm going to try and record that and then <laughs> um, I, I have a whole list of questions lined up ready to ask him like I was going to meet a celebrity or like a rock star or like you know a pro football player or something like that so I'm very, 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 very excited about that because he was very open. He said, yeah, yeah, let's talk, whatever, call, blah, blah, blah. So I'm going to try and uh, get that together for next week and then hopefully have that for whenever you have the the open house there down at your place. We'll talk about that. It may be, it, depending on how long that that is and the info and stuff like that, I might just put that out as a as its own podcast. Just like, guys, listen, this is a conversation Mm -hmm. You want to listen to it, listen to it. Because I, I got, like I said, about a million, million and a half questions I'm going to pound this guy with. So there's an app. There's an app you can download download on your phone that actually record phone calls. Or obviously you can use Skype. 
Yeah. 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 Thanks. <laughs> I see the sarcasm on Miller's face. <laughs> Very important. Thanks, Very Killer. Important. Appreciate that. How old is this guy? He now has to be in his uh, at least late 70s. Jeez Louise. I don't know. I don't know how you like. Oh yeah, I just randomly found an iPad. I randomly looked through there and found the CEO of Man. Just decided to give him a little jingle, jingle, and now I got a meeting set up, and we're just going to chit chat over some beers and whatever. That's uh, yeah. So that's going to be next week's project. Hopefully, have that complete. We'll see how schedules and all that stuff line up, but uh, I'm very excited for that. Like I said, I can't wait to just. Like, hey, what about this? Hey, what about this timeline? Hey, tell me about Collins. Hey, tell me about, mm-hmm. you know, Mexico and that whole thing. Tell me about the old plant. Tell me about Norland. Tell me about this, that, or the other. So I can't wait. I'm very, very excited. <laughs> Chris Killinger looks up when he hears the word Norland. Huh? Huh? What? <laughs> so it'll be, uh, it'll be good. Hopefully. I, I just yeah, I, can't, I can't believe you put that together. But you know, I, I say I can't believe it, but that's what uh, happens when you're operator 1975, fucking laying down the law. Well, we're gonna see. I'm in preliminary. This is very, very preliminary, like preliminary, preliminary about uh, trying to get some of the collection up in a museum in Pittsburgh as well. So we'll see where that goes. I'm not. Not hold my breath or anything on that, but we're going to see if that is something that uh, might transpire and then hopefully lead to bigger and better things. So working on that right now as well. So, so do you boys want to talk about this little deal that we did two weeks ago? What deal are we talking? Are we talking about the Taylor deal? Yeah, Taylor deal. You all want to talk about that? Sure, go ahead. You want to talk about it, Killer? Sure, why not? You all don't seem too enthused. I honestly forgot about it. I didn't know what you were talking about there for a second. So <laughs> I had to try and regain what was going on. So, yeah, let's talk about it. All right, you so started off. That was sort of like your baby in the beginning. So okay. we're going to talk We're going to talk about prices because the prices have been thrown out there. I hope you don't care. I don't care. It doesn't bother me. Mine's not for sale. Yeah. All right, so here's the deal. Did you lose? Yeah. All right. So Taylor and I um, were buddies. So one night, I don't know when it was. It doesn't matter. He sends me a random text. Hey, dude, I got a line on a Winchester, Connecticut. Now Taylor loves Winchester, Connecticut. He's got one. He was carrying it around at Blade Show like his holy grail baby. Um, so when someone told him he's got a contact down in wherever South Carolina, Georgia. I I can't really remember when someone tells him I've got a new old stock, Connecticut Winchester, it gets his attention. And he said, not only does he have that, he's got some black Ravens. And whenever someone says they have black Ravens, that gets my attention. And then he says, not only does he have those, he's got a whole bunch of other really cool stuff. And I don't really know what I'm getting myself into, but are you interested? Yes, of course I'm interested. So he says, whenever I go down there, 
I'll take some pictures and I will text you and then we'll start negotiating with this guy. Now keep in mind, this guy is 83 or 84 or what early 80s, all right, that he's dealing with. So he gets down there. He sends me a picture of three axes. He sends me a picture of a black raven double bit, a black raven hatchet on one side with a circle etch, and on the back side uh, it says W.C. Kelly Perfect, Charleston, West Virginia, with bevels. And then he sends me a picture of a Cayuga or Cuyahoga, whatever you want to say. We'll just Cayuga. Uh, with the big Indian head etch. Beautiful Michigan pattern. And I said, listen, I'm interested in the Ravens only. Where are we? And he said he wants to do a package deal with all four of them. I said, well, I'm not interested in a package deal. I want the two Ravens. Where are we? with the Black Raven double bit. And he said, I think he said $700, if I'm correct. And I said, you are, that guy's on drugs. I said, I only get $850 for my Black Raven double bit restorations. I'm not paying that just for the fucking head. What does he want? And I said, that Black Raven... Um, little hatchet. I said, I've only seen one hatchet like that, and Miller's got it. And his had, I believe, the one that I saw at your house had a Vulcan paper label on one side, and the back side it was stamped Kelly Perfect with bevels. Is that correct? No, you're you're combining two. The Raven that I have has the round logo with the original gold paint in it. On the flip side, it has the bevels, but there's nothing on the back. You can barely see the outline of where that Vulcan paper label was. You uh-huh. can see it. You can see it on there, but it is not on there. So I had never seen anything like that. So I pick up the phone and I call Mike Miller and I and I tell him, I tell him what's going on. And you said that's a four hundred dollar axe, and I said I've never seen one before, and that's exactly where I was thinking. So we hang up the phone. We called, I called Taylor back and I say, I'll offer him 400 for the hatchet and then another, I think it was 400 for the double bit. I said, I'm at $800 top end. He calls me back and he's like, dude, this guy's not fucking budging at all, period. So he said, I'll, the dude was like, I'll sell everything together for $1,700. And I was like, I don't fucking want everything. I only want those two pieces. He only wanted the Connecticut. We both liked the Cayuga, but just together it was way too much money. So the whole deal just collapsed within minutes. And apparently this guy is really hard to deal with. And he said that the only way that we're going to get any sort of package price is if we, you know, buy everything together. If we wanted to piece anything out, it was going to be ridiculous. So we just walked away. And that's when Taylor posted it. What was it in Axe Hounds or Axe Junkies or where was it posted, Chris? Everywhere. Everywhere. Yeah, I, I don't find in any other group. So I know he posted it in Axe Hounds. So I didn't know he posted it in Axe Hounds. So whenever we, all three of us were talking at the last podcast, 
that's when things started moving around. So pick up the story, Chris. All right. So I had mentioned at the end of the last podcast, and we should have recorded that because it was a good conversation. It was. Um, but I basically said, hey, did you guys see Taylor's, because I didn't know the backstory. So I said, did you guys see the Taylor's post about those four axes for $1,700? And uh, obviously there was a backstory to it. So that's when things unravel. And so I brought it up. I'm like, well, you know, thinking outside the box here, um, everything's power, you know, more powerful in numbers, right? So maybe the one person buying that whole lot for $1,700 is a lot to swallow. But if you have some buddy, you go into a group buy and you split it four ways, all of a sudden $400 for a Black Raven isn't a lot of money. $400 for a Cuyahoga isn't a lot of money. So <clears throat> just it's just one of those things where you got to look at the big picture. And if, if you have close friends, that are in this hobby with you, like we do, <laughs> you have the opportunity there to make a purchase like that. Yeah, you're not going to get every piece, but you're going to get one piece for a fair price. So that's when uh, Roy tried to cut me out of the deal. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck it. I didn't. All right. We'll just leave it at that. <laughs> but then we went back to the table and Taylor was able to go um, secure that for us. So originally it was going to be a, a four-way deal. Um, I was getting the sales and sample. Killer was getting the double bit Raven. Miller was getting the Cayuga. And Taylor was getting the Winchester, Connecticut. Well, Taylor folded on the Connecticut. And then Miller stepped up and was like, I'll buy the Cayuga and the Winchester just to make the whole deal go through. Yeah, so we each individually PayPal'd Taylor. The Taylor, out of the kindness of his fucking heart, drove back down an hour and a half to this guy's house, paid this guy, and now has our axes in ransom. Um, we haven't even freaking seen him yet. So uh, we're waiting for him to come up to the open house next weekend to deliver those pieces to us. So that's that story. Yeah, it's it's a pretty good. It was a pretty good turnout, and I think people get sticker shock, and they they can't get past that. Um, like if you were to put all those pieces individually on eBay, you'd get a lot more than seventeen hundred dollars. Yeah, a- absolutely. I mean, each one of them is worth more than what we paid for them together. So I'm happy. Are you happy, Miller? I mean, I'm happy if it involves axes, as everybody knows. Um, you know, the the big thing with that is that obviously, you know, to your point, is that there was a lot of comments and shit going around about, oh my god, I can't believe that you spent this or paid this or anything like that. Which obviously I have dealt with a lot, uh, right? A lot. And you know, I'm just at that point where, like, you know, I'm gonna pay whatever I think is fair or whatever I want, depending on a lot of different factors. I mean, you know, I'm not going to apologize if I pay. Have I overpaid for some stuff? Yeah, absolutely. I know I've <laughs> made some serious scores too, underpaying on some things. So, yeah. All I all I know is that at the end of the day, if we're talking about axes and my love for them, is that I have never, ever 
purchased an axe that has gone down in value. Right. That's, that's all that I know. And that's sort of how I justify things. I know I told you, you guys this too. So like whenever you have a situation like that, where you have someone that is going to be able then to obviously eliminate shipping for you as well, whenever you get into these multi-axe per- or purchases, you got to look at that as well. Especially if you're talking about a double bit with a handle on it, you're at a very minimum of $25 to ship that axe to you. Correct. So if you're going to be into multiple axes, you know, I'm automatically adding that, that up in my head, 25, 25, 25, 25. You can be able to save that money with that kind of purchase too. So yeah, you got to take the punch to the mouth maybe in the, in the beginning, but you know, no one can tell me with those two, especially the condition that they're in and everything like that, then I'm not going to be coming out ahead later on down the road. So that's the way that I look at those kind of purchases. And also with that, is that there was no way that we could let that deal fall through just because of one axe. So, you know, if you gotta, uh, gotta do that, you gotta do that. Well, even if we would have had come to come back to the table and split it three ways, if that was an option for, for Roy, I mean, I would have stepped up. Yeah. Split it. You know what I mean? There, <clears throat> there's no way we were going to let that go just because of one, one person or one way. You know, I, I appreciate Miller stepping up and taking the taking the hit, <laughs> but I still feel like he's got two more unique pieces to add to his collection, and at a fair price. I mean, I don't, I don't really know, I don't know the value of those two axes. I know they're 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 worth at least what you paid for it, and if not more. Yeah, absolutely. Um, well, the other thing that you got to sort of consider too is so if you go to bat on eBay, where then now everybody's in the fold, you're you basically you got to go to price war with somebody else on that, and you're going to get somebody else out there that's going to want that, and now you got two three guys that are, you know, you got the two three bullies on the block, and they're going to, you know, that that price is going to go out of sight. So for those two, I did not think that that was a bad deal at all. Um, especially with everything going on, the situation, not having to pay for shipping, they're going to get freaking hand delivered, um, blah, blah, blah. So I thought it was a good deal all around. And I don't know, hopefully some people can learn stuff from that rather than just Google, Google overprice and say, you know, it's not worth it. I think an important thing to say is um, we've all been in this ax game for a while now and we've seen prices, Miller's been in it longer than both of us. But we've seen prices continuously increase over the years. And the thing is, is the days of buying a Black Raven for 50 bucks or 20 bucks or 10 bucks, it's gone. Yeah. So, yes, there are, there, there's gems hidden here and there, but everybody in the world has a phone in their hand and they can Google anything. And they can look up the price. Somebody just cleaned out grandpa's, right? Finds a black raven. Are they just going to toss it and just, or just drop it off at goodwill? Chances are no. People are greedy. They're going to be like, what's this black raven worth? Black raven, Google. Holy crap, it's worth a thousand dollars. Straight to eBay it goes. Right. So, a good deal is different now than it was 10 years ago. You just, it is what it is. I mean, they're not making this stuff anymore. It's going to go up even more as time goes on. Is the more layers we peel away from this, 
this mystery of axes that the more valuable things are going to be. So, you know, it's yeah. about the price you want, but at the end of the day, that's what it's worth. Yeah, and crazy guys like us keep on talking about them, and the price keeps going up and up and up. <laughs> it's just part of the problem, part of the, I mean, just part of the reality that we live in today. And take a look if, at the world around you. You can't buy a new truck for less than seventy grand. So yeah, $400 something that brings you joy. Too much money. Yeah. I'm, I'm happy. I'm, I'm happy. Well, and you know, a lot of guys, I, I'm just making an assumption. I think a lot of guys see how, see the things that we purchase and the things that we collect and sell and whatever. And I, I assume that people think that we get things for pennies on the dollar. And that's just not the case all the time. Um, you know, we just spent $425 a piece for one axe. Um, that, that Seagrave that I just bought, like I said, hundreds and hundreds of dollars. So these things don't come cheap. And if you want to play in this game, if there are certain pieces out there that you want, you got to pony up cash and get in it. Um, it's not cheap. But if you want it and it brings joy in your life, then you'll pay it. Or if you want to sit on the sidelines and just look at posts on Instagram, that's fine, too. And save up money for one special piece. Hey, I get that. I mean, fucking, you know, money's tight everywhere. But if you want to get into this game... You better have a serious pocketbook because it ain't cheap. And I'm sure, I'm sure you, Miller. I mean, you've been collecting axes longer than everyone that you know that we're associated with. So, I mean, I'm sure it's been a hard transition for you, especially you know, buying a black. Like, what's the just straight up? What's the cheapest black raven you got? You spent on a black raven. Uh, let's see. I can't remember the exact. It was either two and a quarter or two fifty. And that's probably a very, very nice black raven, right? Yeah. Not yeah. not just some beater that you get off of eBay. No, no, no. And so I don't have any beater ravens or anything like that. They don't. They're not uh, in my wheelhouse, so to speak. I mean, if I stumble across one, if I have the ability to get it, I will. I have not had that luck, I guess, out and about, you know, antique store, flea market, or whatever. Uh, but the, yeah, there's one of the, one of the ones up there on the wall. I want to say it was two and a quarter, two and a quarter, two fifty, one of those two. So, but yeah. now considering everything and where the market is and their popularity and how everybody loves them, that to me was an absolute steal. Okay. So, Chris Killinger, your turn. So, I've gotten lucky over the years. Um, my one boy's axe raven, I didn't buy. My wife actually bought it for me. And she actually bought it on eBay for $100. Really? Yeah. And then the second cheapest black raven I got was $150. I got lucky at but this was early on. I mean, that when did she buy me that black raven? 
I mean, that was, it had to have been five, five to eight years ago. It's been a while. So I've, I've got a short Black Raven story. You, you already heard this one, Miller, but I think it's worth mentioning here. Um, so whenever I first got into axe collecting, this is 2012, 2013 timeframe, there was a little store in North Idaho. It was just a junk store. And you know, you know the store. We've all, we've all got one that there's one tool booth in the back of this antique store. It was actually a flea market, just a total shit show flea market. Um, but you know, couple times a month I'd go in there and they'd always have new stuff and it's always in the back corner right so I immediately go into the back room and I'm looking around and he's got a couple of nice little pieces but uh I this was early early on I had no money I mean I think I went there with like $40 or something um and I get there, I don't really see anything. And then as I'm back in the back corner, someone brings in a shipment of stuff to drop off. And I'm, I'm sitting there talking to the guy up front, um, asking him if he's got any other axes in or whatever. And he's like, well, I just got all these in. And there are a couple of handles sticking out of these milk crates. I said, oh, do you mind if I'll take a look at them? No, go ahead. So I pull them up, you know, one, two, three of them. Nothing special, nothing anything big. But in the back, I pull up one more, and it is the closest thing to a pristine Black Raven Michigan pattern I'd ever seen in my life to date, right? It was gorgeous. My heart's, I've never, at this point, I'd never seen one. My heart is freaking racing because it's like, oh my God, I just found the Holy Grail in North Idaho. So, I take it up to him. I'm like, hey, is this one for sale? Trying to play it cool. And he's like, uh, yeah, not, not really. I bought all of that stuff just for that axe. And I go, well, you want to sell it right now? And he goes, $100. And I didn't have $100 on me. So the person I'm with, I go, hey, do you have 100 bucks I could have? Because I don't, I don't have any cash on me. And I tried to be freaking smooth, and I, I told the guy, I was like, I'll give you $75 for it. And he got pissed, and he was like, you know what? Not for sale. And just like that, it freaking, the whole deal just fell through because I pissed the guy off. And I was trying to be all freaking smooth, like, yeah, it's not really worth $100. And I lost big time on that deal. Broken heart. Whenever I left there, did you learn? Did you learn your lesson? Yeah, absolutely. Two things: have fucking money on you, uh, and if you see a good deal, snatch it up. Don't try to be a fucking asshole. There's there's a time to bargain and there's a time not to, and that was one of those times where you shut your mouth and hand them a hundred dollars. I know, but I mean, the reality: uh, I didn't have a hundred dollars. I mean, I don't even know if I had a hundred dollars in my checking account at that point. I mean, it, times were really really tight. And, uh, could have always just, gone back and hooked Yeah. I mean, that, that story is fucking, you know, eight years old now, whatever. Long freaking time. And I can remember it clear as day. I mean, you don't remember the purchases as well as you remember the ones that freaking got away. It's just like fishing, you know? Yep. 
It's just heartbreaking. But they're out there. They're out there. Cheapest Black Raven I've ever gotten. I mean, I had to buy a whole fucking collection, but uh, piece price went down to $25. <laughs> but I bought an entire collection. Uh, I had to spend $1,700 to get a piece price of $25. <laughs> Whatever. Well, the moral of the story is, guys, just uh, keep an open mind. Think outside the box. Um, don't get so wrapped how much stuff it is. There's still, there's still plenty of deals to be had, but you're not gonna you're not gonna find them like you used to. No. If you're waiting for the price to actually go down, you should probably stop. <laughs> you will never buy anything. My Norland collection is worth four times the amount of money than what I paid for it. Easily. Yeah, and it just keeps getting higher. So, you know, maybe someday the bottom will fall. I don't think the bottom's going to fall out. I don't know. What do you think, Miller? Never going to happen. You don't think? There's only one way to go, and that's up, gentlemen. So... That is the nature of the beast with those particular pieces and what they're all about and the Americana and the history factor. There's no way to go but up. So what do you think about all this? Seeing everything kind of the the trend that it's on, being in, in this game for the longest of anyone of us. I mean, what do you – I mean, it's got to be a double-edged sword, right? I mean, you can't get things as cheap as you once could, but the popularity and the interest is more more – um, you know, people are more interested in it today than they ever probably have been. So, I mean, in that aspect, it's really cool. But it is. I mean, like you said, it's a double-edged sword. So you got more guys in the game and more people trying to do things and everything like that, which is fine. No big deal. Um, you know, it's. I didn't really see the popularity take off until the whole bushcraft thing took off, sort of with like it's you know Survivor Man and you know. Uh, those related shows, that's when things started to really skyrocket. Guys got back into axes, you know, that they were cool and functional and things like that. And then it sort of snowballed. Well, I didn't know that there was all this history with axes, you know, because we, you know, guys that are in my age group, 30s, 40s, maybe even early 50s, you know, remember the old, uh, what we would call them old now, but they're not, like the Collins axe from Man, you know, mm-hmm. those basic like what we would consider a beater axe now, those were axes to those guys. So you sort of forget the older heritage and everything that came along with it. Um, so it, it can, you know, those those things are only a positive because then everything comes with that. The history, the catalogs, the pictures, these axe books, you know, the historical data, blah, blah, blah. And so, I mean, I'm excited because it, it, it's definitely not a negative. Yeah, you got more guys in the game, but that's okay. That's all part of it, and that's one of the things that is going to ensure that it's never going away. Because as more guys get into it, their kids are going to get into it. That historical piece is going to stay alive. And the farther that we get away from that, as far as the history piece, the more that those become antiques and the more valuable that they will become. Yeah, I just I, I just hope the significance and the historical aspect of these pieces isn't lost on guys 
just seeing it as dollar signs. I mean, yes, I know that there are a few of them out there, but hopefully if guys are actually collecting axes, that there's a genuine appreciation for them and not just because, oh, this looks cool, um, but it had a, you know, the, the significance of that piece in the time of history, I mean, it just can't be overstated. Um, I mean, if you like them because they look cool, that's awesome. But if you like them and you appreciate them and you can actually pass down some stories, that's even better. So hopefully that's where people are going. Um, certainly that's that's my passion, of course. Cool. Well, I think it's about time to wrap this horse and pony show up. We're at about an hour 15, hour 20, somewhere around there. Killer's phone is going to die. So <laughs> He'll be out because he's out in the middle of Alaska trying to uh, get this all done. So uh, you guys got any, anything else? Uh, obviously, we've got Roy's shindig next weekend, so hopefully as many people can make it there as possible. What, you got any kind of rough head count or anything on that? Or I've got like 30 people with tickets already. I've got another 25 that are interested on Facebook. So I do have... Uh, a portable toilet already secured, so that won't be an issue. Um, so I guess just do yeah. what? Where's the parking going to be? So that might be a problem. I need to talk to my neighbor across the road. They got a big house with a big yard. Um, he's this guy's super cool. So um, if you're listening, and so Vintage Axe Works. The the address is out on Google Maps. It's actually on iPhone Maps also. The directions to the house, they're kind of silly because we live on a back road and it's a one-way. But um, I live on the corner of Center Street and High Street. Um, uh, don't do what Maps tells you to do. I want you to take this stupid little alleyway because it's a one-way. Don't worry about it. Literally, corner of Center and High Street. Um, so I'll have to, I'll have to do something about parking for sure. I need to talk to, to some other neighbors, but Saturday morning starts at 10. I'm going to, I'm going to have the grill going at 10 o'clock. I'm going to throw some chickens on. They take about two hours to cook and then we'll throw on some burgers and brats around noon. So Bring your own beer, bring some sides, bring some chips if you all want. There will be some other things. Um, bring axes, obviously. Um, I'm not going to have a whole bunch of area to set up in my shop, so just bring your top pieces that you want to show off or whatever. Clearly bring things that you want to sell or trade or whatever. That's cool, too. I do have a backyard that you guys can set up, some tables and stuff. Um, that's fine. But uh, inside the shop, it will be kind of tight. I don't have a whole lot of, of space to put things up on workbenches and counters and that sort of thing. But um, hey, guys, this is a from an experience of being to several accidents. Don't bring buckets and buckets and buckets of your heads to sell, especially for retail prices. No, no, no. you're just going to carry them home. Bring a few pieces. That you want it off or whatever, but don't. I mean, show up with crates of axe heads. Yeah, just don't go. I mean, you're not going to sell. Them. You're going to carry them back home. 
Right. And we, and we know we, we talked about this from one axe collector to another. I'm not paying retail. Uh, it's just not going to happen. So if you bring a wood slasher and you want to try to get $30 from it, I'm going to pass on it all day long. But if it's what you paid for it and you want to pass on the savings to someone else, you know, that, that's, uh, that's another story. You know, we can pick up wood slashers for 10, 15 bucks all day long. So, um, Thanks for saying that, Chris. I, I didn't even think about that. Um, well, it seems like every meet you go to, they set up like a flea market. Yeah. Same time, I don't know. I don't know. The last thing at my house was like a yard sale. Yeah, no shit. <laughs> and, I mean, I don't know how many sales went on. I was busy, but I doubt I doubt anything significant. So. No. I mean, I, I think I spent, I don't know, I, I spent some money and got some heads. But, you know, we're looking at these things. There's no reason to bring wood slashers. There's no reason to bring just plum victory Michigan patterns or whatever. Like, they're out there. You can find them all day long. There's no reason to bring them to an axe meet, whatever. But if you have cool, unique pieces and you want to sell them or you just want to show them off, yeah, of course, bring those all day long. I mean, I'm sure Miller's going to have... How many pieces do you plan on bringing, Miller? I'm still a little bit up in the air. Uh, obviously, you just crushed my whole wood slasher dream right there, so I'm not bringing any of those. <laughs> uh, so probably, <laughs> I don't know, 10, 12. I was going to bring some of the catalogs and some of the that sort of things for everybody to see, a little bit of the, the, the stuff that you don't see every day. I'll uh, bring some of that stuff, but probably in that 15 to 20 axe yeah. range, I think, because the killer's point. I, I took a boatload over there to his place, and it's which was good. Uh, everything was fine. You just It's that whole hauling thing back and forth and trying to make sure that they're secure and safe. So I don't know. We'll see. I say that, and then I'll probably show up with like 60. But Well, the 60 pieces you bring are going to be better than most of the pieces that – Anyone freaking has. So, you know what? You're an exception. Bring whatever the fuck you want to bring. Um, I don't think anyone would complain about that. Miller, right. just bring bring that sexy beard, baby. You got it. All right. Is that it? I think that's it. So we'll wrap this up. Uh, episode number 10 in the books. Appreciate everybody uh, listening. Make sure you're telling all your friends, your family, stuff like that. We'll uh, continue to do this. We're going to cut an episode from down there, maybe? We should. I, I had several people uh, uh, ask about it. Now, I don't want it to be like a drunken beer fest. Like, hey, we're on the legitimate podcast. I mean, if if we want to uh, do a couple little things, a segment or something, I'm all for that. Um, I think it would be a lot of fun uh, just to – have yeah. some people on and share some some of their perspective. Yeah, yeah, definitely. We can talk about that. See how we want to do that. But uh, so that'll be cool. So everybody, stay tuned. Uh, get the episode in next week as well. Uh, appreciate everybody listening, supporting us. We are definitely growing, and uh, we really appreciate everything. So thank you guys for the support. Episode ten in the books. Later. See ya. Thanks, guys. Yeah.